The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Bill Dempsey. Bill is a producer and storyteller living in Connecticut. Bill struggled to fit in his first year of college until he found his people in the theater program. He deeply connected with another guy, and they started spending all their time together. It was only when Bill got a girlfriend that he realized they didn't see their friendship the same way. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Hanging in there, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, getting through getting through the hot the hot summers of the weird world we're living in. Right yeah, now. the COVID summer, the lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What did you want to talk about today? Well, you know, it's funny. There's a There's like a, a micro and a macro of the whole thing, you know. And sort of the, the micro is the story that I'll tell about this this specific incident. But the 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 macro of it, if you take like the thirty thousand foot view, is like being the bad guy, you know. And it, you think about life and all the relationships we have throughout life if you're lucky, one works out. And that leaves a lot of damage behind you, whether intentional or unintentional, you know, by circumstance, whatever. And in some of those stories, you know, you're the bad guy, whether, you know, you were just not a great person or misunderstanding or just someone had stronger feelings than the other. Like the way someone's going to tell that story is you're going to be the bad guy. Yeah, it's not always in a malicious way, but just in a way yeah. like some, yeah, sometimes this is the way it shakes out where I'm not the better looking person in this story. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone's telling their truth, but we all color it, you know, the way we color it because we remember it and we protect ourselves sometimes. And, and, you know, it's like, we're all sort of the protagonist of our own narrative most times. And then, but then you're like, oh, wait, there's another point of view. And again, through no one's malicious behavior or something like that, it's just like, oh, I, that person probably feels pretty screwed over by me. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. And it's like the details you're remembering or choosing to tell aren't fully like, I'm using this to make me look great or whatever. It's like, oh, that moment, this is the thing that stuck out in my head or somebody else who was yeah. existing in that experience. The other, something totally different that... Yeah, when you're telling this story back, may have never even thought of bringing this up or didn't even remember it. Yeah, exactly. So all of that said, uh, this story takes place at college. So uh, this is over 20 years ago for me. Okay. Um, and just to set the scene, uh, I grew up in a really small town and to the point where you couldn't go to the grocery store without seeing three people you knew. And my school was really tiny and I, I did... Uh, you know, theater in high school and, and, and music and things like that. And when I it was time for college, I was ready to go away and go somewhere big where I could be sort of anonymous. And half my graduating class went to UConn. I grew up right down the road from UConn. And uh, I was like, I, I can't see all everyone. I can't have them see me every day. So I, I spent twice as much money to go a little bit north and go to UMass for a very similar education. Uh, so it was a school of 23,000. And I, I did get that anonymity that I wanted. But what I didn't find and what I wasn't able to navigate at that point in my life was I, I just didn't find connections. And my first year and a half there, I, I was pretty miserable. Like I did get one thing that I wanted, which is the anonymity, but I was missing the small town. I was missing part of myself. And so I decided to transfer. And after I made that decision, 
I was taking a theater class. I, I, my mom was like, you're not majoring in theater. You're getting a regular major, but you know, you can, yeah, you can do your theater stuff on the side, but <laughs> exactly. like, this is not the thing you're going to exactly. bank on. Fast forward to like a couple of years ago where my mom's telling my now wife, like, Oh yeah, he loved to do theater and stuff like that. But I never thought he was any good. Like just straight in front of me, like has no problem telling me that you never, <laughs> never thought I was any good. So that might've had something to do with it too. But anyway, I'm, I'm in a theater class and, I'm working. I was working in the dorms. I was I was a dorm security guard, so I'd like sign kids in at night to like when they would come visit their friends, and they would all just like run past me and not sign in. And there was I had zero power. I had a walkie talkie, you know. I was like, stop now, you know. Uh, but this girl comes into this dorm uh, who I knew from my theater class, and she said, "Hey, uh, we're doing auditions tomorrow for a play for the theater guild. You should totally come." And I, I had spent a year and a half like standing outside auditions, like terrified to go in like because in my high school it was like there were like three kids that could sing. well i shouldn't say that there were a bunch of kids that could sing and perform but i always like felt secure that like i'll get cast or i'll be in something you know it was a small enough school that like and i was in with the drama teacher so i was like i'll at least get a part here i was like oh there's other people that are like so much better i'm just not gonna do it <laughs> and that was part of what i was really sad about i was missing that and so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And the theater guild was not the theater department. It was student run. And it was like the, 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 the it was the real theater nerds, you know, it was just like this, we we're doing this for us, you know? So I show up at this audition and, and I get cast and it's Shakespeare. It's the first time in my life I'm ever doing Shakespeare. And like, <laughs> after I've made this decision to transfer to a different school, I find my people in my last semester at UMass, I like find my people. And I just, I fall in love with, a bunch of people and a group of people and a, and a thing. And, and I kind of find myself there and, and start having more fun. And then I leave. And that summer, three days before school's about to start at my new school, I'm on the phone with the Dean of my school. And they're like, yeah, we're not taking any of your credits. You kind of have to start from zero. And I was like, Whoa, no deal breaker. Wow. I can't do that. And they were like, well, you have to test back into your major, which I had already done at UMass. And they're like, and you have to redo your math, science, and and something else, general, GE, general education courses. And I was like, I no, that's a full four more years. I can't afford that. And they're like, well, talk about it with us when you get here. And I was like, no, that doesn't work either. So anyway, that fell apart. And I called UMass up and I was like, I need to come back. And they were like, oh, we still have you on our rolls, Bill. You know, they, thank God for red tape and 23,000 students. They hadn't <laughs> marked me leaving. <laughs> So I end up moving back up to UMass. I live with a punk rock band in a disgusting house out in Sunderland, Massachusetts. And it was, it was awesome. I, again, I found my people. And, and so I got to live out the rest of my time at UMass. So that's a big introduction to me getting in this play. Uh, I did, uh, I do another play with the Theater Guild. And, and they did two plays a semester, one straight play and one musical. And uh, the cast would just, both casts would just kind of hang out and party all the time. It was a lot of fun. And I met this guy. Um, named Tim. And uh, I just thought he was really talented and, and he was just so smart and, and really, um, you know, took a liking to me. And I don't know about you. I've always been someone that's like, if someone likes me, I'm intensely more interested in them all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it strokes my ego a little bit like this. And I don't mean romantically. I just mean this guy like took a liking to me and I respected him. Like, yeah, to have a connection with somebody on any level, especially at a time when, yeah, maybe you're just starting to find your place, but you're getting that person who's like, oh, I'm connecting with this person on even like I. So I remember in my a similar like 
and my my freshman year uh, of college, I was dating somebody at UMass. So I like know that uh, UMass okay. world, and it is like very isolating feeling. I, I like anytime I was there, I was like, this is so big and wild. So I get that. But yeah, so like my my freshman year, I was like did not have any friends, did not fit in, and then my sophomore year, I joined like the student run music magazine, and this one guy Colin he was like one of the writers the new writers now that I had like been there for a semester and I remember being like oh I'm really connecting with this guy I have no guy friends that I have made up at like college at this point and I was like I'm gonna like ask him to go to the movies but I do remember like asking him to do that in like the same way I would get like nervous asking a girl out on a date like it was this weird like oh man i don't know if he's gonna want to hang out with me but i think we get along and i remember just having this like super super stress of like asking him to hang out (laughs) yeah um yeah it was similar to that yeah and i it's so funny you say going i this i had forgotten this detail but he and i saw uh, the movie Chasing Amy together, which is so fun. <laughs> the way. That What's that like? Ben like, Affleck is that who's in that? Ben Affleck and and Jason Lee and yeah, it's it's one of Kevin Smith's Jersey. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, movies. It hasn't aged well, but at the at the time, like ninety seven, I was like, this this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Like I I think <laughs> I think Kevin Smith just knows all the, the knows, <laughs> knows all the secrets. Uh, but yeah, it hasn't aged well. <laughs> but uh, so anyway. Uh, we start hanging out and uh, the spring semester comes and, and, and because it was the theater guild, the students ran it. So the students got to direct, the students got to produce and he decided to direct. And I was like, he would tell me his ideas for like direct and the play, (laughs) the play was fame. So it's like, it's not one of the high pieces of art. It's fame, you know, but he would tell me his ideas. And I'd be like, this guy is a genius. He's a visionary genius of our time, you know? And uh, I auditioned for his play and, I get this really bad part, like through no fault of his or anything. Like we, we, we had a lot of talent. Uh, I'll be totally honest. We had, there was a lot of talent. So I get one of the teachers. I'm one of the teachers. And, uh, but I'm in it, I'm in it with my friends and we're hanging out. It's fun. And, and, and uh, he and I just get closer and closer. We're hanging out and, and I'm like talking to him about directing. And, you know, I'm like, maybe I could do this someday. And so I'm just like learning from him and like absorbing like what I, what, you know, and he is, a super talented guy and, and I was just like basking in it, you know? And then he'll be like, Hey, let's go out to dinner. And I'm like, just us. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like that weird. <laughs> yeah. Like we're all going to hang out tonight, but you and me, let's go to dinner first. And I'm like, yeah. And then I show up to pick him up. Cause I had a car and, and, uh, you know, he, I remember this one time I picked him up to go to like the mall or something and, and he had a mixtape for me. And like, I was so excited. I was like, Oh, this guy made me a mixtape and I'm not like reading like anything into it. I'm just like, we're buds. And, and I knew he was gay. And, you know, I hung out with a bunch of theater kids in college. Like a lot of kids were gay, you know, and a funny sort of side story is at the same, around the same time I had a crush on a TA who she was a, uh, a sociology TA to the point where I kept taking her classes and I graduated with a sociology minor. And <laughs> <laughs> because I just kept taking this woman's classes because I was so into her and one of the other TAs was doing a, uh, she was writing a huge paper and she was studying adolescent male sexuality. And she was like, Hey, I have to go interview all these high school kids in like two weeks. Can I do a practice interview with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we do a practice interview about adolescent male sexuality and my sexuality and my life and my dating history and da, da, da. And at the end of it, she turns the recorder off. She's like, thank you so much. And we're just shooting the shit talking. And she's like, do you, I was like, what do you think? What do you think about that? What, what, 
where am I? You know, what, what did you think about that interview? And she was like, do you want my honest opinion? I was like, yeah. She's like, I think you're in like chapter four of a 10 chapter coming out story. So like <laughs> I, I was on whatever gay spectrum there was, you know, I, yeah. I, was, I was on it in college and people were reading it. And, and so like, whatever, I never, you know, it, it wasn't anything that I ever thought about or pursued, but like other people were picking up on it. So anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking Tim and I are just buddies and, and having a great time getting to know each other. And we go out to a party one night and he's like, Hey, it's so late. Why don't you just crash at my place? Cause I would drive everyone home. I, I was, I, I didn't drink in college, so I was always the DD. So I would drive everyone home. So at the end of the night, he's the last one in the car and he's like, it's so late. Why don't you just crash at my place? And I'm like, yeah, great. Uh, no problem. Sounds like a great idea. And like, He's like, you sleep in the bed, I'll sleep on the floor. And I was like, oh, I felt bad about taking his bed. He's like, no, 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 you sleep in the bed. So I'm, I'm asleep in the bed and like, I wake up after like an hour or two and he had been sleeping at like the foot of the bed, but now he was like right up next to me on, on the side of the floor and my arm was like dangling over the bed and he was like holding my hand and I'm, I'm still like so dense and just so obtuse to all the things that's going on. I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I like, like uncouple our hands and just roll over and go back to sleep. I'm like, that was a weird thing that happened. Not like, Oh, Tim is like making a gesture towards me. <laughs> you know, it was like, Oh, that's a weird coincidence. And, and I'll just file that away. And I'm oblivious to, to everything. Um, so around the same time, my sister graduates college and uh, she was at central Connecticut. So she was like an hour away and I wanted to go, home for her graduation and we Tim and I were together like 24 seven at this point and I was like oh you should come home and meet my family like they would love you and like my buddy my bet my new best friend like you should come home and and I'm so excited to introduce Tim to my family who and he's clearly a, a gay man and my family's probably got questions about me because you know who knows and I show up with this guy and I'm like this is Tim and uh I, I just blissfully ignorantly go through the whole affair and, and, and yeah. Cause at that point you're not, you're still, it's not like connecting in your head of like, Oh, this guy is like into me. It's just yeah. kind of like, Oh, I get to bring my friend home, my good friend and like yeah. get him to like meet my and, family and we get to hang out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I bring him home and, and then I find out like a few months later after the events that will proceed in the story. But I found out that like after Tim and I went back <laughs> to UMass, after the graduation party, my family, like the next day had like a, like a, like a, like a sit down meeting about like the Bill and Tim situation. And like, I'll always, my mom and I have our differences now, but I'll always love the fact that what I was told about that meeting was my mom kind of stopped it and was like, I don't know what the deal is with Bill. I don't know what the deal is with Tim, but he was in a really good place last night. He was really happy. He seemed great. I think we should all just like mind our own business. And like, I was always, I, I always think like, at the tough times with my mom i always said she had my back when i needed her to yeah in this weird hypothetical situation <laughs> exactly uh so things go on i go back up uh so things go on i go back up to school the school the, the semester ends and uh or it's about to end and we're still hanging out the, the plays are over the fame has ended we've taken our final <laughs> about i had shaved out the middle of my hair to play like a 70 year old uh, <laughs> teacher the best compliment i ever got in when i was acting was someone came up to tim after one of the shows and was like where did you find that old guy to play the teacher so like i i did the german accent and I'm, like, I'm terrible at accents and i shaved out them so my hair's growing back and uh, the play is over 
and we're heading towards summer, but we're all still hanging out. And um, I'm going into one more year of college and I get a call one day from this actress who was in the play. And I, I didn't know anything about her except that I thought she was like amazingly talented and, and super attractive. And I knew she was foreign. I knew she wasn't American. She was Nigerian and Norwegian. She was a and she was just this phenomenal talent. And, and uh, we, <laughs> my good friend Harry and I played a really nasty trick on her once where in the, in the dress rehearsal of the show, it's fame and the kids and they, and they have lockers and there's scenes, the lockers. And she opens her locker dramatically in one scene. And we had taped um, just horrible pornography all in, in, in the locker. And we didn't do it during a performance. We, we did it during a dress rehearsal just to get a laugh. And she got so mad at us. And like, we were like, no, it's funny. And it was not funny. And, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, so this person hates me. And like, that was just my impression. It was just like, this super talented, intimidating person hates my guts because I played a really dumb joke in, in, in a dress rehearsal. So she calls me out of nowhere. And she's like, uh, hey, we should go out sometime. And I'm like, what? Like, I had never even, you know, when it's like someone you've never even put in that possibility. You've never yeah. even thought about because you're like, well, that person exists on a different planet. That's an alien person. And I'm a, I'm a person person. And that just, that just doesn't happen. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I get all excited and like, I want to tell my friends about this and, and I want to tell Tim about this and get his like take on it. Cause he directed her. He knows her, he knows, you know, who she is. And, and so we all go to coffee. It was like a regular thing. Uh, was, there's this place in Amherst called Rayo's coffee that we all hung out at oh, yeah. in the afternoons. Yeah. You know, Rayo's. So we go, we go to, uh, to Rayo's and we're hanging out and there's five or six of us. And, uh, I go, guys, guess who called me? That actress called me and she's, uh, she asked me out. And I'm, and I'm like, I, I said, yes, I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, Tim gets like real quiet and actually kind of has nothing to say and sort of excuses himself and walks back to, cause campus was like 10 minutes away. He walks back to campus and I'm, and as soon as he's gone, I'm like, was that weird? That was weird. Right. That, well, that was a weird reaction. And I was like, what's up with him? And, and my friends are like, um, well, Bill, you, you just started talking about seeing someone in, in front of Tim. And I'm like, yeah. And they were like, you guys have been spending a lot of time together lately. And I'm like, yeah. And I just one particular friend. She's like, and like giving each other gifts and going to dinners and, and hanging out a lot and spending nights at each other. I'm like, uh-huh. uh-huh. She's like, Tim like has feelings for you. Like Tim like really likes you. And I'm like, what? No, I'm straight. And they're like, well, are you like, yeah, but like <laughs> everyone is until they're not. And like, maybe you're not, we don't think you, you're gay, but, but, but maybe Tim has wishful thinking or something. So I don't know. And I was just like, but regardless, like he has feelings for you and you just really hurt his feelings by talking. And I was like, and it kind of all clicked together. Like, Oh my God, like I've been dating Tim. Like, like I just, I, I, I didn't even realize we were in sort of a relationship. I mean, there was nothing physical happening, but like, to be totally honest, there wasn't a lot of physical happening with women I had dated either. So like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there were all the hallmarks of like a college romance. Yeah. And you two have this like real emotional connection at this oh, point. Absolutely. Yeah. that Again, like you're not reading into it in any way. And now all like, yeah, everything's clicked and you're like, oh, yeah. wait, this is. Like, oh, those emotions. Like I never felt romantic feelings for him. But like, yeah, like you're feeling these like, oh, I really like this person, but I'm not thinking this extra thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's all like clicking in of. And oh. it's 
oh, and then it's like, just through ignorance, the callousness of some of the things I've probably done or said, and, you know, just not realizing what's going on. And just to be that oblivious and, and to um, just not recognize what's happening around you, to, to not be aware of what's happening around you to the point where you're not sensitive to someone's feelings. I, I felt terrible, but, um, but I was also like, but I'm not gay. And like, and again, it's like, it's a time when a lot of people are. Yeah. Figuring out who they are and what, and what, what they're into and, and who they are inside and who they, who they can express themselves to be. And, you know, I knew closeted kids in that group that were like, I was just always in my head, like, they'll never be a safer group to be with, man. We're here for you. But it's like, it's not their schedule. It's It's not right for them. It's not up to me to decide what's safe for them. And like, so yeah, like, there was just all these things. And then I'm like taking a step back from it going, Oh God. Yeah. 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 But like, and selfishly, like I, I remember laying up in my bed one night being like, well, I'm definitely not gay. Cause if it was ever going to happen, it would have happened here. And I never once was like, Oh, I want to take this to like a, a physical or a romantic or whatever level. It was just like, it was just like an emotional connection. Like you said, like, yeah, we were connecting and, there's something there's, I mean, you know, everyone, there's something so powerful about just connecting with someone when the cylinders are firing and then you look up and it's three in the morning, you know, and you yeah, yeah. pack of cigarettes and it's just like, you're taught, you're solving all the problems of the world. And yeah, it's funny. Like I was, so I, uh, I think I was like talking, I think this was like something I was talking about with my therapist at some point, but like this idea that, uh, you know, like dating, right? When like meeting somebody new in my head was like so tied to dating and that 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 like the exact thing you're describing is yeah. like that spark. And then, yeah, you're up just like going at a million miles per hour with each other because you just click as people. And I do think I made this realization in the last few years of like, oh, you can have that with people and it is not romantic in any way. And right. there's something because I do think there was like part of me when I like got in a long term relationship where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to. That's like such a nice feeling to have yeah and then like learning like oh yeah that's still a feeling that exists in the world that you have as whatever age you're at and whoever you are like you could still click with people just because that's who you are as people and it doesn't need to be right you don't have to ruin it with sex yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can just ride that vibe and like yeah be good, be good with that yeah um yeah so at that point like did you was when was the next time that you two talked did you feel like Oh, I got to say something to him. I got to clear the air. No, that and that I feel bad about. We never sat down and we're like, hey, man, let's talk about this. It was just kind of like, I, 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 immediately, <laughs> I immediately started dating that actress, which put a lot of difference <laughs> between us anyway. And I got like way wrapped up in that relationship way fast. Like that thing where like, I mean, we ended up being together for like seven years. So like, Whoa. yeah, it became a, a, a big formative thing in my life. It's funny because in both of those scenarios, the unawareness that you had was equal, right? Like for you to be so unaware that this person was into, both people were into you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm a very stupid person. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like that exact, the thing you described earlier, it's like at that, like at that point in my life too, it's like, I had no, like when something was like, somebody was on my radar, I was like, wait, what, what radar? Where are you talking? I don't have a radar. Yeah. And I was like, I've got insecurities to tend to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have, I'm a mess of a person in my own way. So the fact that somebody would feel this way about me is an amazing thing. But it's good because when I would pursue someone at that point in my life, I was just coming out of it, but like 
early college, late high school, when I would pursue someone, I would do it horribly and like chase them away and smother. And yeah, me too. Yeah. So I was like, I was more like, I'm not, I'm just no one. I'm just like void. (laughs) And like, then thing, then good, then, you know, things came to me, but, um, but yeah, so that, so, so I get in this thing with her and, and that becomes like 360, you know, my whole life, you know? And, um, and then, so we're in our uh, last semester of college and Tim and I aren't really speaking at this point. We're still hanging out as a group, but it's icy. And like, um, he had a very similar relationship that he had with me with, with this other guy that sort of blossomed right after he and I stopped hanging out. And it, it, there were p- definitely parallels there that I saw. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but, but that's how I, I saw it. So I was like, oh. Uh, because it was a, a guy who I knew to be a straight dude and, uh, you know, um, in our kind of group. And then, but I think they kind of explored it in another way that we did. I don't know that for sure. I'm not sure, but like it was, a, it, 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 it didn't seem to be a very healthy relationship for either of them, to be totally honest with you. But that said, I, I ended up being in a totally not healthy relationship for me either. So it's just, we were all 20, you know, that's what you do. Uh, but anyway, he and I kind of weren't talking and, I, he directed the last play of our senior year and uh, we all, it was, it, again, his vision was amazing. He was going to do Jesus Christ Superstar in a casino in Vegas. <laughs> it was actually a really cool show. And we all go to the auditions because we've all been doing shows together for three years now. And he puts the cast list up and I'm the only one from our group that doesn't get cast. Oh. And it could, it, 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 it like, you know, again, I said, this is over 20 years ago. I still remember that sting. You know, that was a, that was a big moment for me. of just like, oh shit, it's my last semester and I'm not going to do the show, you know? So I end up writing a play. I'm like, I'll put on my own play. And, and it was a terrible play. And one of the act, one of the characters names was, um, no, it was such a bad play. This is so embarrassing, but it was a play about a guy stuck on a stage. He can't physically leave the stage. And he's got four other characters there who are representing different sides of him. And until he comes to terms with the asshole side of himself, like he, that's the only, that's the key to leaving. It's such a bad play. It feels uh, like, yeah. I mean, it feels like around the college type yeah, of like it, high it, concept, like it was totally on brand for where I was at the time, but like, it's like humiliating. Now. But anyway, <laughs> so the character of, of, uh, of the, 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 the the benevolent sort of knowledge within him, you know, the, the caring, the one who loves him and the one who's like accepts him. I asked him to play it because I was like, we got to make, I couldn't have the conversation with him, but I was like, this is my gesture, you know, like, yeah, play this part in my play and let me direct you. And like, let's perform together one more time. Let's do some art together one more time. Let's, there's still this, you know, and he did, he did the play. Um, and uh, I, I, I always really appreciated that, but that was kind of it for us. And, uh, we graduated and I moved to New York and, uh, with my girlfriend and he came to visit us once or twice. And I just remember him being in our apartment and just this icy weight between us of just this unspoken, like way that whatever we were journey we were on just abruptly ended. And then we were just like associated, you know, we weren't like friendly. We were just like, Oh, we know certain people together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you're totally, like, up to that point, you're really on this path together. And then, yeah, you just kind of, like, break off and are just sort of floating in this space in 
yeah, coming like crossing each other at times, but are never on the same yeah. page again. And we were at a wedding together years later and smoked a cigarette together, I think, and talked a little bit. But um, that was actually a funny scene. Uh, I, I the, the, my girlfriend and I had broken up at that point, and we, that was bad. It was not a good breakup. And we were all at the wedding, and then the the three of us plus one other person ended up out on the stoop just by chance smoking a cigarette together. Like I walked out, and they were all smoking, and I was like, "Well, I can't just walk away now; it'll be really bad." So, like, I lit up a cigarette, and like we're just talking, and it was just, it was just awful. It was just so brutal. Um, and I think that might be the last time I've ever seen him. Um, and you know, again, his version of the story, I'm sure, would be wildly different. And I, I, w- I would be fascinated to hear it. And I may be assigning too much emotion to him. I don't think I am. This is how I remember it. This is how I remember our connection. But, you know, I did in some way hurt him. And I don't think it's like a scarring thing. I don't think he hasn't gotten over it. I don't think like he's haunted by it. I just know that in that moment, we had this intense connection that I kind of stepped on inadvertently, but I kind of hurt, I hurt him pretty badly, I think. And you know, it's like, like I said at the beginning of this whole thing, we get, if we're lucky, we get one relationship that lasts. And some of the ones we have to walk away from, like, if you did hurt someone inadvertently or on purpose or by doing stupid shit or mean shit or callous shit or just not loving them, the thing that we get to give them at the end is letting them see you as the bad guy. Like, I was so obsessed for so long with like being liked by everyone. And it's like, of course you don't want to treat people poorly, but you also have to like grant them the power (laughs) to move on any way they, they have to. And like we do, like we all do. And there are people in my mind that are cast as bad guys that are decent, fine people. I wouldn't have spent months and years of my life with them if they weren't decent, fine people, but it ended. And sometimes it's, mutual, but sometimes someone's at fault, you know, and we carry that with us. And, and in enough experience, you're going to be the person at fault and you're, and you just have to be okay with being the bad guy for someone else. Yeah. It's t- It's, it's such a tough thing to accept in a way. Yeah. Cause I have that same thing where I'm like, Oh, I never want to be the bad guy. And then I've like, yeah, I've a hundred percent been that so many times. And it feels like you sort of had that moment of not like of maybe like being aware of being the bad guy and like with this play right where you're like i i like can't bring myself to like have this conversation that we never got to have when you like walked out of this coffee shop and i'm hoping that this might be like a reset for us yeah because i guess in a way it's like yeah in the ideal situation you could have like had this play together and then like been back to where you were as friends but kind of the roles were clearer at that point and then you were able to just sort of be friends but maybe yeah it was something like he wasn't able to go back to that right i was also definitely trying to make a point of just like you clearly didn't cast me and i could have at least been in a court yeah yeah like there was a there was a spike to like look how big i am you know of just like i'm magnanimous and let's be let's do this on my yeah i want to look like the better guy in this scenario because And and i wanted him in the play but i also knew that like I'm putting an olive branch out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, I do value the time we spent together, and I do think you're creatively wonderful, and I think you're – there was a spark between us. And for me, it didn't go past a spark of, 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 of you know, platonic friendship. 
and and I and I truly think he wanted it to be more. And when it wasn't, he didn't. He just was kind of like, I I don't want to be around you. Yeah, which you know? is yeah, which is fair in its own way of like, yeah, I can't. Like yeah, I've definitely a bummer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 and again, yeah, I get that's the thing of like, yeah, you you're never really gonna know the answer unless you heard his side of the story, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and like again, I don't, I never expect to, and again, it could be wildly different. And like, yeah. you know, I've done uh, a couple. I haven't been doing storytelling that long, but you know, I have written a few things where I'll run by run it by other people that were like germane to the story. And yeah, I, I do that I, too. I, yeah, I have friends be like. <laughs> dude, that is not what happened. <laughs> like, for example, years ago, my friend was like, hey, remember that night that we all went to that house where all the girls were babysitting and like we were partying? We had like Indian headdresses on and there was a dog there and we were, and I'm like, I was not there. And they were like, no, it was in the woods and they were camping. And and I'm like, guys, I was not there. And like a couple weeks later, my friend's like, hey, they sent me a tape from that night. And I was like, oh yeah, that night you think I was at, I was not there. He's like, watch the tape. And I'm like, here comes the tape and here I come like dancing by the camera, like wearing like a kid's, a child's like school project Indian headdress. And I was like, so like, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a trustworthy narrative. I, narrator. I should tell you at the very end of this, <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember. That's, I mean, I think that's the other thing with storytelling too, is like, there are things that I think I so distinctly remember, but it's also, yeah, I don't like the way you remember things is I th- we've all I think it's like been proven that your memory stinks and everyone's memory stinks and even the ways that you're like I distinctly remember this exact thing happening it's like who knows and then I feel like the second especially as a storyteller the second you kind of share that story once regardless if that's the thing that happened or not it almost becomes fact it becomes your story yeah yeah because now it's like oh well I've said this out loud to a group of people and even if I believe this is right. I it could be totally something new, but now that I've said this to myself and now that's how I see it when I play this thing back, if I was maybe just saying it the first time out of I think this is what happened, by the third time I'm like, oh, this is definitely what happened, right? Well, it's like, like like everyone that comes on your show tells their truth, you know, and it's like whether it jibes exactly with the reality, the objective reality. Yeah. I don't know, but like I was in a, I was on a just quickly, I was on a, a murder trial once. I was in a jury of a murder trial. Man. Yeah, it was intense. And uh, so we go back to deliberate and the foreman's like, before we say anything, let's just take a vote and see where we stand. And we vote and it's nine guilty, three not guilty. And I'm part of the nine. So we're like, okay, we got some work to do. So it's got to be unanimous and that's good. And so everyone's arguing about these two witnesses who said they saw it and they described what they saw, but they're saying one saying he wore a blue shirt, one saying he wore a white shirt and they were at it. And, and, and the attorneys were good. They were hammering on that point. So we would remember it. And the foreman, we're arguing back and forth. It doesn't, and like the foreman goes, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, a minute, stop." Is the judge wearing a tie today? And we all go, "Yeah, the judge wearing a tie." And she goes, "One at a time. What color is the tie?" And yellow, blue. No, it's red. No, it's striped. It's and everyone was telling what they remembered, and it was a truth that he had a tie on. But some of the details were already lost, and we had just been in that courtroom. So it's like yeah. I always think of that when it's like. No, everyone believes it's yellow or striped or red. They believe that. And so that is a version of their truth. Whether it's reality, I don't know. Yeah. We have to go back into the courtroom and see what the tie is. Yeah, nobody's filming every moment of history. It's like that weird Black Mirror episode where you can like record with your contact lenses and go back. Yeah, that when we get to that world, then we have the 
the perfect this is what happened yeah but then then we don't need to listen to each other's stories yeah then it then stories are just useless (laughs) (laughs) uh cool well thanks so much for sharing bill yeah man thanks for having me this has been awesome yeah um do you have like a website or i don't know instagram or anything if people want to follow you online or anything you got going on I do have a website. It's mostly for my what I do for business, but I have added recently a storytelling page. So if anyone wants to hear a couple stories that I've told, it's mrbilldempsey.com. Just mrbilldempsey.com. And there's a contact thing there if people want to say hi. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much again for sharing. Thanks, man. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin. And this is Love Hurts.